Bears fans. Welcome again to another edition of Bearscat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we are here to look through all of the stuff <laughs> that is happening. Well, it, we were just talking uh, before we started. Has it been hard for you guys to pay attention at work? Because it's been that way for us. <laughs> It's been a busy week, NFL, March Madness, uh, a lot going on in the sports world, and the Bears have signed guys. It seems like they've signed some young players, they've given out some good deals, some players that were unexpected. Five starters, Actually, right? yeah, I mean, and the positions they've signed have been a bit unexpected, so we're going to get into all of it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat, but... Yeah, no other place to start but free agency. Any any particular place you want to begin? Um, you know, we we went pretty in depth on DJ uh, last week. Um, I did read one thing today that uh, I thought was really cool, and you know, that was Poles went and got in a starting number one receiver in a market where there was no starting them one number one receivers remotely available <laughs> and i was i was thinking about that and i was like wow that is pretty studly yeah you, you like to hear it um, <laughs> certainly makes you feel good about the trade because like we talked about last week just dj moore is, is more talented than probably any wide receiver that's going to change teams this offseason absolutely so the fact that he acquired him Pretty much out of the blue, I, I think, was just a really inspiring move. It's definitely something that makes you excited about the upcoming year and filled a really premium need for the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, looking at uh, the linebackers, um, that, that's again, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're not the only Bears fans who were like, Okay, we went and got two middle linebackers, <laughs> but they're both very productive. Uh, Edmonds is without question a top five line, linebacker in the NFL. Um, they're both young. Uh, they got them both on good contracts. Edwards certainly on a very reasonable yeah, deal. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, really reasonable deal. Um, Edmonds was going to get big money whether he got it from us or not. So uh, the fact that we brought him in, um, to me, was an excellent thing. Now, uh, when, we, when we look at Edmonds, the, you know, the thing I like is, is that coverage ability that he has. Absolutely. He's known as one of the best coverage linebackers in the game. Yeah. And just all around really good player. Uh, makes a ton of tackles, great in coverage, smart football character based on everything I've, I've read about him in Buffalo. And he's one of those guys that when you're watching a Bills game, you just see him around the ball all the time. And the Bears needed that. I mean, last year linebacker was, was a disaster. So And, and he's... I think he's been in five seasons, and he's 24. He was, yeah, he was Roquan's draft year. <laughs> so. so that's, I read that he was, he's a full year younger than Vilas Jones. Wow. Which is, is pretty remarkable. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, really, really productive player. Uh, the reason that he was available is because a lot of teams just don't value that position, which is what the Bears said when they let Roquan Smith go. But I think the logic here is that, you 
replaced Roquan with a player that's just about as productive. Maybe maybe not quite as good, but still very good. I think the knock on Edmonds is kind of similar to what the knock on Roquan was, which is that he doesn't create a ton of turnovers. Yeah. Now, that's something that can change, especially under Matt Eberflus's coaching, because... Mm-hmm. We know Eberflus can coach guys up, especially... He's a linebacker guru. Yeah, linebackers. That's that's how Shaq Leonard became such a such a great playmaker, and you hope that maybe Eberflus can impart some of that on Edmonds. But even that, putting that aside, Edmonds is just an insanely good linebacker and a, yeah. a great addition. And when you look at the contract that Edwards got, you mentioned that was very reasonable. So the Bears got two really productive, really young starting linebackers for about the price that they probably would have had to pay just to sign the contract that Roquan Smith wanted. So round of applause there, even though I don't necessarily think a lot of people had linebacker pegged as the the position that the Bears would invest heavily in. Agreed. And, you know, the interesting thing about that, though, is it immediately reminded me of last year when in the draft, he, you know, he drafted a corner and a safety. Uh-huh. And it's like, everybody was kind of like, oh, you know, there was like a little bit of a, a almost an, a, almost an, uh, a, a, just a little letdown, right? Yeah. An almost involuntary little letdown. But when you looked at it, it was like, wait a second, this is smart. We really need this. We, it was like people suddenly had amnesia about how awful the defensive backfield was in 2021 and it improved dramatically well the linebackers were really awful in 2022 uh and so you know it's a place that uh we we did have a need and there was players available that were worth investing in yeah and this is interesting because we're still learning about Ryan Poles, and I think a lot of people are upset that the Bears haven't invested yet this year in free agency, really, in either offense or defensive line. I know they signed Nate Davis, who's a right guard. I know they signed the pass rusher from the Titans, but those aren't premium signings. Those are... DeMarcus Lawrence. Okay, DeMarcus DeMarcus Walker. Walker. So, so I mean, those those are good NFL players, and the Bears... God knows, need NFL players. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, we, we spent a lot of time watching guys <laughs> play on Sunday that didn't belong in the NFL. But <laughs> but those aren't necessarily your impact signings. And I think people are sure. upset that the Bears haven't gone out and signed one of the big offensive tackles or big defensive tackles or pass rushers. And I wonder if Poles thinks of it somewhat along these lines, which is that huge free agents at those positions get huge contracts and oftentimes they're overpayments yeah because usually when guys hit free agency that's because there's some flaw in their game but because supply is so limited at those positions they get huge contracts anyway we we saw that with McGlinchey and I think everybody saw the rumors that the Bears were in on McGlinchey and I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure they were interested because sure. he's, he's, a, he's a good player, but he's not a great player, and he signed a massive contract with, with Denver. He signed an elite deal. And it's like, just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you should spend the money poorly. Right. Especially in a salary-capped league. 
And so I just wonder if Ryan Poles looks at that and says, that contract is so much more than I think this player is worth that I'd rather draft at that position. Yeah. And I think that comment applies to McGlinchey. I think it applies to a couple of the other tackles that went off the board. And I think it applies to defensive tackle as well because defensive tackles are, are getting paid huge deals. Hargrave's deal was ginormous. Yeah, Har- and Hargrave's is an awesome player, but he's 30 yeah, years I think old. he's going to be 31 when he actually, when the year rolls so, around. So that's a contract you sign when you're ready to win the Super Bowl now. Like mm-hmm. The 49ers, who he signed with, that's a team that was in the NFC Championship Good move last by year, them. And they are all in because they've got a great roster and they're at the top of the NFC and that increases their chances of winning the Super Bowl. And I think that's what people are forgetting is that the Bears... Aren't, they never said that they were going to go from worst in the league to Super Bowl contender <laughs> in, in one offseason. Right. And I think that's probably why you haven't seen Poles go out and overpay at a premium position. Because I think he views it as, well, realistically, we're not competing for a Super Bowl for two more years. So that means I've got two drafts that will probably be top, you know, half of the dra- half of the first round. So those are two two high picks plus yeah. the, plus the Titans pick. So plus you can get good players in later rounds. So I'm sure he's thinking I've got 2 years to draft at premium positions. I've got 2 years to potentially make more trades, potentially to, you know, pick up free agents that I think are at more reasonable prices and when we're ready to win the Super Bowl, that's when you go out and you overpay for a Mike McGlinchey or uh Jawan Taylor any of the other players that have gotten huge deals. And I, I just maybe think that it's not time yet. For him. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and I, I think it is showing uh, that shrewd manner that he approaches things. Um, I, I think people are mistaking his logic more towards being frugal or cheap. And I don't see it that way. I see him looking for value players uh, and and filling those spots. It, maybe not in the manner or the order that Bears fans are expecting. Right. But seeing them and saying, you know what? Um, I, yeah, that, that guy is going to be a good investment. I'm going to go get him. Because, I mean, Edmonds... I definitely read in multiple places, oh, Edmonds got more money than some were thinking he was going to get. Well, he may have, right? But his numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. He he has been good since he's been in the NFL. He's been one of the best guys in the middle since he's been in the NFL. And he had his best year last year. And he was going to get paid. Yeah. He, but, he, you know, he's also... 24, 25 years well, old. That's the other thing is that that's exactly what I was going to say. These aren't one year signings. Right. The, the, every player they've signed so far, I think, is in their mid 20s. Yeah. I think Demarcus Walker is 28. So these are all. Yeah, he's the old guy. Yeah, and so these are all players that you could see being on the team for two, three, four, five years still. Right. And being productive. So I don't think that they're necessarily signing these guys to say that. 2023 is our all-in year. I think that they're viewing these players that they're signing, especially Edmonds and Davis and um, 
Edwards. I think they're viewing those guys as part of their core, right? Like these are the guys that we're going to build around, not necessarily the last piece of the puzzle. And I think that's why you see the, him signing young guys that seem to all have really high football character. That's that's the common denominator with all these free agents so far is that these guys all seem to love football. And that is important when you're trying to build a culture and trying to build a team. So I think those are the guys he's targeting, like you said, at, at a reasonable value. And do players, did, did Tremaine Edmonds get more than people thought? Yeah, of course, because guys always get more than they probably should in free agency. Right. It's supply and demand. It's, and it's, and he, was, he was one of the prime cuts because, I mean, he got, you know, this happened on day one. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think that I'd rather invest in players like that that everybody says this is a really good player versus a player like McGlinchey where everyone says, well, he's okay, but he's not worth the contract he's going to get. And he's kind of been bad the last couple of years, but he was better last year. It's just like, <laughs> what, like when, when, when the scouting reports are lukewarm and guys are getting these deals, you, you can usually tell which ones are, are kind of bad ideas. And to me, would Mike McGlinchey have been an upgrade over – what the Bears have at right tackle. Of, Definitely. Of, of course. They could probably draft somebody in the fourth round that'll be an upgrade. <laughs> but, and, and if they had been able to get him at a at a fair price, then that's great. But it just seems like Denver got involved and drove up the price. And if you're Denver, it kind of makes sense because you've got your entire franchise committed to Russell Wilson at this point, And you need to try to make that work. But with the Bears, I, I just don't think it was necessary to make that kind of move yet and they didn't yeah it, it the the thing is is uh, we have to remember this team has been stripped down to the studs and we are slowly going through adding sheetrock right doing the floors uh <laughs> adding electrical and plumbing Right, I and, mean, and they're still bad. <laughs> they're still bad. Like, yeah, they signed some good players, but they, they had no good players last year. Right, um, and 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 to go back to, um, uh, you know, the two DBs from last year uh, with Brisker and Gordon, um, you know, did the secondary suddenly become top five? Of course not, but it was dead last, and it wasn't that way last year anymore. And they were also in a position where they were trying to cover NFL wide receivers with no pass rush. Yeah, it was zero pass rush. Which makes it a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it was it, it was incremental improvement. It, really, it, it was in our case, it was a huge improvement. Yeah. But I mean, against the rest of the NFL, we improved in that area and will continue to improve in that area because he invested in two guys that aren't going to be leaving anytime soon. They're going to be they're going to be growing with the team like you said for for the next 3 seasons, right? So you you get that you don't just get one one or two pops at the beginning and then it's done. You you get to you get to watch that growth. Well, and the other thing is too that it's March 15th like people, people are, are freaking out, and it's. Do you think that Ryan Poles doesn't know the offensive line is bad? 
Yeah, I think he probably does. I think he probably knows. I think he probably knows the defensive line is bad too. I think he probably knows better than you know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really think it's a secret. You know, how, you know, how I know that because everybody in the NFL, broadcasters, scouts, <laughs> reporters, was talking about how the Bears were terrible at those positions last year. <laughs> both of our both of our GMs are former linemen. So yeah, and so and there's there's time to fix this, and there's multiple avenues to fix this. Free agency is only one. There's the draft, and there's also trades. Yes. And the Bears have shown that they're willing to make trades under Ryan Poles. They've traded for two players, right, with Moore and with Claypool. Yeah. And they've traded away multiple players. So it would, trade, He's traded down to make more picks? Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's another trade to acquire a big-name offensive or defensive lineman. And we, we know the rumors. That, I mean... A lot of people want DeForest Buckner. I know you're not a fan of that. Hey. I mean, Laramie Tunsil's available. I think he's a far better left tackle than any any player on the market now. You'd probably have to give him a record contract. Which I, I would be all about that, that though. That would be fun. Yeah. Right? Can you imagine that if, if the Bears said, because I think the Texans have like the 13th or 14th pick in the draft. I can look that up. But if the Bears said, we're going to swap nine for 14, we're going to throw in w- one of those second round picks maybe, that's probably even a little bit rich. Swap the first round picks, here's a fourth round pick, and we've got to pay Laramie Tunsil. All of a sudden you feel a lot better about that offensive line. Man. So there's, and, and there's time left for this stuff to get worked out. And the Texans are, are shopping him because... I'm sure he doesn't want to play for the Texans because why would you? <laughs> so it, it it's six months from the start of the season, and I, I think people are overreacting a little bit to the fact that the Bears didn't sign one of these huge players within the first three days. Yeah, you know, they, I think everybody was so juiced about the number that number was propagated by the talking heads. Uh, you know, since last year, a uh, hundred million, we got a hundred million. Oh my God, we got a hundred million. We've got way more money than anybody else. Yeah, but we also have a team to build. So there's a lot of money that, there, but it has to, a lot of it still has to be spent. Not to mention that we're all hoping that Justin Fields is the man and I, which I think, and you think, we we both agree on that. He's going to deserve a big deal, a massive deal next year. So you got to have some money ready for that. We don't want to end up like the Vikings did this year, where they got to the off season and they're at minus twenty, and and half the team is forty years old. So you know, I mean, you know, they've been they've been on a. They, like there's been so many people leaving the Vikings. I think I actually saw a caravan leave the Twin Cities. Well, and the Bears don't like they still don't really have anybody on their roster. Like, <laughs> they've got like 25 guys. And you're right. I mean, it's it's not about this one off season. And by the way, the Bears have players that they're going to need to extend. Yeah. So that's going to cut into that cap space too. I mean, you're talking about Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet for sure. Yeah. Um, potentially Darnell Mooney as well. So. Yeah. There's extensions that are going to eat into that cap space. And like you said, it's it's not all about one year. You have to make sure you're building something sustainable. I can't remember who said this. I can't remember if it was a tweet or a text, but somebody at like 
2 p.m. on Monday said Ryan Pace would have been broke by now. <laughs> and he would have been. It's, it, it, because Ryan... He would have been in the hole. Yeah, so I, I think that... Trust me, the, the money will get spent. I think after the most recent deals, the rough estimate is that the Bears still have about 45 million bucks. Yeah. So you need some of that for your draft picks. You're going to need some of that to extend the guys that I just mentioned. But that leaves 25, 30 million bucks to spend. So you, there's still more starting players that are going to be brought in here via free agency he could still go out and sign whoever he wants and there's players that you can cut to free up more money if you need to i think that if you move on from cody whitehair which is being speculated that saves you 10 million justin jones i don't know if he's going to be around but that's another 7 million so yeah we know that when nfl teams need money they can usually find a way to make it work unless they're in dire straits on the salary cap which is kind of where the vikings are right now so I'm not worried that the Bears have eliminated their ability to acquire more talented players this offseason and going forward. I think they just saw players that they liked at good values, and that's who they brought in. Yeah, and uh, uh, Bears fans, if if you really want to um, uh, think see see what another GM is doing, go look at what the Vikings brought in. I would I would be apoplectic right now if, I, if that was our roster. I mean, they brought, they they get rid of Irv Smith, and you know because he hasn't played that much uh, because of injury, and then they brought in some nobody and paid him way more money than he than he should have gotten. Who is this? Um, the Vikings. Uh, I don't even remember the guy's name. I never heard of him. Um, but they paid him like twenty one million. And then they brought in Marcus Davenport, yeah. who has been a total bust That's an awful since thing. he was drafted by New Orleans. So, uh, you know, they, every team has, has different things going on. Speaking of Irv Smith, I was talking with Chris and our buddy Chris Carson uh, down in Arizona. And he brought up Irv Smith for us. And I think that is an intriguing possibility. Because he won't cost very much at all. The guy is super talented. His big thing has been he hasn't been able to stay on the field. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if we could bring him in for a, a you know just a one year deal, I think he would be a great compliment to uh, to Komet. Komet, you know, is going to be is always going to be a solid tight end in in all phases. Right? He, we know he's a good blocker. Uh, we know uh, he can go over the middle. We know that um, he does have some speed, uh, but he's never going to be Travis Kelsey, right? And, you know, we have Ryan Poles. You know, we, we've got to have that dynamic tight end. That's part of what his team is. And Irv Smith was expected coming out of Alabama to be very dynamic. I mean, he's worth a he's he's worth a one year deal of at vet minimum if if we could bring him in because he is that kind of tight end. So uh, I anyway I thought that that was a an interesting uh, an interesting one. Uh, you know, other than uh, you know, the other thing is is they, they we do have to bring in another tight end, right? Yeah, for sure, and it fits the prototype of what you and I were talking about last week that that more receiver focused tight end. I was just looking at Irv Smith. I hadn't thought about it too much. I mean, he 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 is talented. 
you, you mentioned, right? He's played eight games in the last two years. Yeah. So that probably goes to your point that he's not going to get a huge deal. So maybe you can get him for a bit of a bargain. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I think that he's a good player if he can stay healthy. And it seems like he's just had some bad injury luck. Last year he did play eight games. Uh, the year before he missed the whole year. But before that he, he played 13 and 16. So... He's still young, and I think we've seen the talent. And mm-hmm. if you can get him for a for a song, I, I'm I'm for it. I'd, I'd much rather have him as your second tight end than the Drek that we saw last year out there. Exactly. I mean, you know, he he'd, he'd probably be a million bucks. Uh, you know, which is nothing. I'd be a one year, you know, prove it or prove it kind of deal. Um, you know. For how much grief Equinemius St. Brown gets, he actually was a success when you think about the fact that we didn't pay anything for him. I mean, uh, he he got the veteran minimum. We didn't have to give up anything to get him. And he turned out to be a very successful special teams player. He can be a receiver on the field. He proved that. Not as a one, two, or three, but if you need a four or a five, he, I, I would like him to be out in the field. He actually had some pretty solid chemistry with our with our quarterback, right? So, I mean, as a as a four or a five, I think he's good enough. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's where he's going to be uh, with the acquisitions of more. And I think that I'm perfectly comfortable with. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown is my fifth receiver. Exactly. Special teams guy. Yeah. And I'm just saying, you know, when we brought him, everybody was like, oh my God, this is, we need receivers. This is who we get. It was like, no guys, it's, he's not coming into, he's not supposed to be a starter. Now last year we didn't have anybody. So, you know, he got thrown in the fire. Yeah. And, you know, he had some good stuff and he had some terrible stuff too. But, you know, now that we're more, uh, developed uh, at the receiver position because we went and got Claypool because we went and got more. Uh, we now we don't have to worry about that anymore. Now, like you said, he's like the fifth guy. Well, for a fifth guy, he's actually pretty decent. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I wanted to talk about the offensive line a little bit. Yeah, because it's interesting. They signed Nate Davis, and I like that signing. And he's a right guard, and he's a starter. And but if you'd asked. Most Bears fans going into free agency, I think they would. <laughs> I think they would have said that right guard is like the one position on the line you maybe feel okay about because that's where Tevin Jenkins played last year. Yeah. So I, I was a little surprised that they brought in another right guard, and I don't really know what that means for Tevin Jenkins' future, or if they're going to try to move one of them to left guard, or if they're going to try to move Jenkins back to right tackle. It's it's interesting that that was the position that they targeted. So, I don't know. How, what, what were your thoughts on that? Well, um, so, you know, of, of course, that in Chicago, that was, you know, it, it, like you said, it was it was kind of a red light because, oh, uh, we go get one lineman so far, and he just happens to be at right guard. Replaces, uh, replaces the one position that you maybe feel okay about. Yeah, and, you know, now... To me, the one position that I feel comfortable with is Braxton Jones. But anyway, uh, the thing about Jenkins, though, is he has proved he has not even come close to proving he can stay on the field. Right. Um, so while when he was out there during 2022, 
playing at right guard. He looked very good. And like a guy, hey, we need to keep that guy there. It, how much he played, it was a, was a big problem. Yes. And, you know, this is, that's not even including all the stuff that went in, went on during the off season uh, with, you know, questions about his maturity level, um, you know, whether he was even going to be with the team when the, when the season started. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I think it would be, there's also, you know, like you mentioned, maybe he's going to move over to left guard and they're going to move uh white hair to center. Uh, you know, Lucas Patrick, uh, we brought him in specifically to be a center. Well, he barely played. And when he did play, he looked terrible. So, you know, we got to just remember that while we're all kind of sorting, uh, putting putting everybody in their box, right? Because we're trying to fill holes on the team. Oh, well, we're going to slot him in here. We have no idea how Poles and Eberflus are slotting these guys. I think that's right. And yeah, so let's let's assume that Braxton Jones will be the, the starting left tackle. Sure. They, they they love him. Um, I saw Greg Gabriel on Twitter talking about how Braxton Jones has got everything it takes to be a great left tackle. So that's fine. Let's let's take let's assume that he takes a big step this offseason, which is possible. So that's your left tackle. Seems like you've got your right guard. It wouldn't make any sense to me to sign a guy that's only ever played right guard and then move him. Right. I saw speculation about that. That just wouldn't make sense. So yeah. So then you got the other three spots now. Tevin Jenkins was drafted as a tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point, he's he's not been available in his career. I mean, in two seasons, he started 13 games. and <laughs> That's not good. And I think last year he left a couple games early due to injury. So he's probably actually played something like 10 games. And let's not forget, this guy was a high pick. His second round. Yeah. And drafted injured. Yeah. Which has been a... a, a <laughs> Bears staple over the <laughs> Thank years. Thank you once again, guy that used to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, the Bears love, they've always loved their injured offensive linemen in the draft, <laughs> but we don't need to revisit that now. So I, I think that Tevin Jenkins is somebody that deserves every opportunity to compete for a spot somewhere on the line. Agreed. I think when he's been out there, he has shown that he's got the talent. It's just, can he stay out there? And moving him to a third position in three years would be a little concerning to me, but to your point, you can't pencil a guy into your plans when he's not shown an ability to stay healthy. Like when he's young, right? Like everybody gets injured when they're older, but when you're talking about a guy that's had consistent injury troubles for his first two years, that's a huge red flag. Um, I, and he had back troubles. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah, back injuries for a 330-pound man. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound pleasant. No. And not something you want in your offensive lineman. But I, I think that it's certainly possible that they think that uh, this guy played enough during his second year that maybe they'd be comfortable giving him another shot at tackle. Maybe they see him competing at left guard. He seems pretty athletic and kind of just a guy that especially in the run game can just maul people because he's huge so maybe that's what they're thinking we, we just don't know they might just not have him in their plans altogether it felt like last offseason they were ready to move on from him and yep he came back and moved positions and produced which maybe changed their mind but 
whatever they didn't like about him going into last year, they might still not like about him. And that might be health. That might be maturity. It might be a combination of, of a bunch of things. We don't know if he's in their plans or not. I was talking with a couple of my friends about that, and I was like, they could just be moving on from Jenkins. It could be. And they're like, that would make no sense to me. He's he's talented, and I agree. He is talented, but there's plenty of reasons why talented guys fail in the NFL. And Plenty. Um, maybe they just see him as a guy that you can't trust for health reasons or, or for other reasons. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you see the headline in a couple of weeks, Tevin Jenkins traded. I, I don't know what you'd really get for him. Maybe Ryan. Pace. I don't think anybody would really be that much that shocked. Maybe Ryan Pace would if if he maybe he, <laughs> maybe, maybe Ryan Pace would give you a, a nice draft pick, but I don't know. I mean, the nice thing with the Bears, and this goes back to salary cap, because I saw this with Whitehair too. People are like, "Well, now this prime means you'll release Whitehair to save some money." I'm like, "Or you could bring him to camp and have him compete." Right. And if he's not like we should have done with Charles Leno, yeah, and, and if he's not willing to accept a backup role. Then you release him, but if he's willing to be a backup, you can afford to pay him as a backup for one more year. Absolutely. A veteran presence like that, and if you've got uh, Jenkins and Davis and Patrick as your interior line, one of them is going to get hurt at some point, and Whitehair is able to play all those positions. So they have flexibility here with stuff like that, and bring Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick in to compete at center. Like Lucas Patrick hasn't earned the day one job. Nope. He's not above getting a competition in training camp. So like you said, we just have no idea how this is all going to slot out and it's going to be fun to debate for the next five months before training camp. Yeah. And and they're going to bring more guys in too. So I'm not too worried about it. I just thought it was interesting that right guard was the place in the line they targeted in free agency, especially especially because there were some other, I thought, lower value contracts to be had I, I know there was a couple centers that went off the board for pretty reasonable money there's been a yep. couple guards too so it's just interesting um something to definitely watch play out because like like we said i mean i, I think it's pretty understood that the bears are still pretty bad on the o-line even with this addition right right and you know this goes back to what we were saying about polls is is running his organization when he sees a player that he likes, he's going to get him. No matter what we as the fans project onto him or to the team, we need this. We need this. He's just looking at looking for quality value players that he can bring in to build his foundation so that next year, not 2023, 2024, we're going into that season looking like, okay, We've got a real core now. Watch out, rest of the NFL. We certainly do not need, to, at this point, to worry about having too many offensive linemen available. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that could happen between now and and uh, and week one. Um, you know, just like you mentioned, Tevin Jenkins' best place when he was at Oklahoma State was right tackle. And when, he, you know... It, that's where he has the most experience, and that's where he's performed the best. Maybe they're saying, you know what? We brought in a super solid right guard for you to play next to, and we feel like, you know, that's going to ha- really help your uh, growth as a right tackle. So, you know, that's one of the, the, the biggest things, that, one of the biggest positions that has been on people's lips uh, during this offseason is right tackle. For sure. I know one thing. 
if it's if it's up to me, I would certainly rather have Tevin Jenkins revert back to being right tackle if he can be successful there. Absolutely. I, I think right tackle is more important than right guard. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's just you just don't know with him. And I would love to see him get an opportunity because that's where pretty much everybody except Ryan Pace had him on the draft board. <laughs> Ryan Pace drafted him to play left tackle, even though he had never done it. And Even though he was rated as the number one right tackle. <laughs> So I, 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 I mean, it's it's not like the fact that they moved him inside the guard last year, like changes that plan. No, I mean the the one thing that I would say is that if the Bears thought he could play right tackle, there were certainly opportunities last year to try him there. Yeah, <laughs> because the right tackle situation for the Bears last year was about as bad as you'll ever see. The right tackle position for the last two years has been bad. Yeah, so I, I think they will absolutely address that spot larry borum was seeming like the best thing that we had still on the team i think <laughs> he is still on the team i saw riley reef got a contract and yep. that's i mean that that that's kind of another point here is that you don't need to necessarily find the answer to that position this year no. like they signed riley reef at the beginning of training camp and was he great no but he was pretty average he yeah. was probably their best lineman yeah Uh, It was out of desperation. Yeah, so you can always find a guy that can probably step in there and at least do a decent enough job, Um, especially if you take a big swing on the other side at tackle. Or maybe they're going to take a big swing at tackle in the draft and move Braxton Jones to right. I mean, there's there's just so many different uh, ways that this can play out. Yeah, and, you know, let's not forget, fans, that, um, you know, as we speak, Orlando Brown is still in play. And while uh, it's been buzzed around that most teams are not looking at him as a left tackle, they're looking at him as a right tackle, um, if we can bring him in at a reasonable deal, that would be a huge coup. Uh, He certainly would come in and be immediately the best lineman that we have, um, at least right now. By a long shot. <laughs> By a long shot, right? So, um, to me, it would be brilliant, actually, if we could bring him in and, uh, and you know, Braxton Jones does develop the way we're all hoping. I- I'll tell you what, uh, just briefly on Braxton, I- I'll say this. Um, I- I've read some different comments about him, and I, I really hope that kid uh, does make that, make that jump because uh, he-, he really seems like he has a good attitude. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he does, and... All the credit to him for what he did last year. He played every snap. Every snap. So that's not easy to do, especially as a rookie. Yeah. Um, On the subject of Brown, I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on with him right now, it seems like. And it's somebody that... I've wanted him since last year. And I think that everybody still considers him one of the best free agents. It's just that, is he going to get elite left tackle money? And it certainly doesn't seem like there's a market for that. It doesn't seem like there's a market for that. Eventually... That means that he has to lower his asking price. Now, does he lower it to a place that the Bears are comfortable? Only Ryan Poles in the front office can answer that. We don't know what they're willing to pay for him, but he would certainly be a great addition to the line, as we talked about last week. Is he the best left tackle in the NFL? No, but he's still very good. Very good player. Um, I mean, the guy's been to the Pro Bowl the last four years. He's won a Super Bowl. He's made a ton of money in his career already. 
He he would be an upgrade, regardless of what anybody Metrics says. Metrics are very good. Yeah, I mean, I know Chiefs fans said he had a down year last year. He would have been far and away the best lineman <laughs> on the Bears. So, at, at some point, I, I think that if the price becomes reasonable, heck yeah, that would be a great addition. And if you can put him at left tackle, he's only 26 years old. He can play that position for the Bears for the next six years. Yeah. Braxton Jones then, you see if he could play right tackle. You see if maybe he could play left guard if that's a better fit. You figure it out from there if you can bring somebody like Orlando Brown in. And like you said, he's, he's still on the market. And I've heard, you know, we've all heard buzz on Twitter that he's been at least linked to the Bears. Yeah. And just from what we, I... We can't have enough quality players right now. Well, and from what I just know about the left tackle market, there's not a ton of teams with a bunch of cap space that also need a left tackle yeah so I, I think the bears the patriots i think the steelers are all teams that have been rumored for him and we'll just see how the negotiation shakes out i'm certainly not convinced that he won't be a bear it yeah just hasn't happened yet yeah there, there's the team needs quality players regardless of position um accumulate quality players figure out where to slot them once our, our coaching staff gets a hold of them, right? So um, one of the uh, other positions that we wanted to talk about is, of course, we wanted to salute David Montgomery yeah. uh, and wish him, uh, you know, good good travels uh, over to Detroit. It is kind of sucky that he ended up in the same division. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, he, he by all accounts, I've always thought he was a really good guy. Um, and, uh, I think that, um, I think he will, uh, continue to, to do well, but when you, when you look at his numbers, he, he's just, he's not an elite running back. Um, I don't know whether you could even say he's a great running back. Um, it's a good, good professional player. He's a good professional player. And, uh, you know, I guess the... Right now, the buzz is um, that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at uh, what they already have in the stable uh, and perhaps uh, look to the draft. Um, who was the... Yeah, I know we brought in the one guy, but he's basically just a... Travis Homer. Travis Homer. He's. It sounds like he's just a special teamer. Sounds like, yeah, third string special teams guy. Sounds like, I mean, basically what they drafted Tristan Ebner to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean... I, and Tristan Ebner played terribly. Seems like a good signing. I mean, not anything to really spend a ton of time on, but nice player. Yeah. And, you know, that uh, that's all well and good. And, you know, we can see, we can certainly see, uh, you know, how how this plays out. I was looking, um, you know, we, since we dropped down to nine, um, I've been looking at what is going to be available there at nine, just as all of you out there have been. And, uh, certainly right now it looks like, uh, we could start the run of tackles. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, that, that's a possibility. Another possibility Jim and I both were looking at that we like is Bajan Robinson. Yep. Um, I looked, I, I decided to do a, a bit of a dive in, into the running backs that are going to be available. And looking at Robinson, he's even better than I thought he was. <laughs> um, he, this guy is uh, a touchdown machine. Uh, his 
his numbers were literally mad numbers this year. 1,894 all-purpose yards from scrimmage. He's great at running. He's great at passing, uh, receiving. Uh, he's great at blocking. I mean, he's really a do-it-all back, just like Saquon Barkley. Um, and, you know, he could be had at that spot. Yeah, like I said last uh, episode, Eric Edholm said he's the perfect running back prospect. Yeah. Just does everything great. And he absolutely could be available at nine. I mean, you look how this is probably going to shake out. It seems like before the Bears draft, everyone thinks there's going to be four quarterbacks. Plus Will Anderson, plus I would guess probably still Jalen Carter, although that seems to be more and yeah, more and more and more. It looks like he might fall. So, I mean, that's six players and then probably two more defensive players, if I had to guess. Some of those DBs are going to be so, uh, high on the list. Yeah, so I think it's a pretty safe assumption that Bijan will be there, as well as at least one of or both Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson, who are mm-hmm. the two big tackle prospects. JSN will probably still be there too. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I think it just depends where the Bears want to go. If they look at Skaronsky or Johnson and say this is our left tackle for the next ten years, you have to draft that guy. I think. Although, man, it would just be so much fun to add a prospect like Bijan into this offense and have him paired with Justin Fields. I mean, teams aren't going to be able to pick who to defend when you've got Justin Fields and Bijan in the backfield, plus DJ Moore, plus Claypool, Mooney, Komet, whomever else. I mean, that that's just an elite skill position group at that point. And yeah. It would be a lot of fun, and it's almost one of those where it's like you get that much talent on the offense, and then you kind of figure out the line later. <laughs> um, and we like that idea. I, it would be fun. I mean, when you've got two guys that can move like that, it just it would seem to make just the rest of the offense just less important, especially when you're talking about at that point, do we need to have five elite offensive linemen? Maybe you can make some cuts there if you have just – that amount of playmaking ability on your offense yeah and and Robinson um he he reminds me of uh he made me think of um Aaron Donald and the reason he made me think of Aaron Donald is because I was a huge huge fan of Donald coming out of college and we came so close to getting him um but one of the things that I made me such a huge fan was just look purely looking at his numbers and his accolades he literally won every single thing that you could win as, as an individual player. Robinson has done the same thing. I mean, his numbers are crazy. Uh, he, as, a, as, a fre- as a true freshman, he still had 900 yards from scrimmage. Uh, his sophomore year, 1422. This year, 1894. Oh, yeah, and he rushed at 6.1 yards per carry. Oh, and he had... He's, he has 41 career touchdowns. All of this in the Big 12 playing t- for Texas. So, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't a small school guy. No. But, you know, it, it, we both love the idea of him coming to play for Chicago. But at the same time, I'm on the, I, I'm, I definitely am a line guy. If one of those big tackles is right there, I say take one of those big tackles. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I, I just, I don't know as much about Paris Johnson. He's obviously a really highly thought of prospect. 
I know Skaronsky, just everybody loves his football acumen, his production. He played really well at Northwestern. Consistency. Yeah, you, you just you hear Pat Fitzgerald raving about him. It's just the one knock on him is the now infamous arm length measurement. And, <laughs> man, it's just like there, there seems to be different schools of thought on that. There there's, seems to be some teams that say, I would never draft an offensive tackle who has short arms. There's other teams that I think say this guy's shown an ability to do it just because his arms are a couple inches shorter. doesn't mean he won't continue to be able to play left tackle at the next level. And I don't know which of those is right or which category Ryan Poles falls into, but man, it would, it would just be tough to complain about the bears adding the best offensive line prospect on the board, especially with Skaronsky. What I've heard is that, Draft experts think that maybe he could be a great tackle, but if he's not, he certainly can be an elite guard. So if like the floor is all pro left guard, that feels like a pretty safe bet. It's just you also don't really want to be drafting a guard in the top 10. So yeah, I think that if you're going to make that pick, you have to feel pretty good about his ability to play tackle despite the measurables. Um, or you... Uh, go to Paris Johnson and you say that that's a left tackle from Ohio State that we think could just slot right in and be that guy on day one. Or you draft the running back. <laughs> or, or, you, or you draft somebody on the defensive line. I mean, it's just... It, it, again, it's the same theme that we keep coming back to, flexibility. That Poles is showing that uh, he, he has a lot of forward thinking, which you got to admire. Uh, I, I have to believe he is a really smart guy uh, because he seems we, we all keep trying to predict his moves and he seems to be just number one on his own track, which I love. And number two, the moves, when you look at them, they're all slightly smart. They're, they're not clever like Pace was. I'm more clever than anybody else. I know better. And then he'd end up on the losing end. <laughs> right. So his definitely poll seems to be, uh, you know, smart like a fox. Like I'm, you guys might be thinking I'm going to go this way, but I already see this guy over here and I'm going to go get him while you all are looking in the other direction. So uh, a couple of guys that I did uh, like uh, other than, uh, Robinson on on running back. I, I I think that with the departure of Montgomery uh, and uh, you know Khalil Herbert is a great player. I like Khalil Herbert a lot. I don't think he is built big enough to be the bell cow. I, I think we've certainly got to have a compliment to him, wouldn't you say so? I, I think so. I, I think that just in general, you want more than one running back. And even though Khalil Herbert is a really explosive runner, running backs, A, get hurt all the time, and B, Khalil Herbert just isn't great in the passing game. And I don't think you really feel great about allocating starter reps to Travis Homer or Treston Ebner. So I do think they need another guy. Um, and running yeah, back... Yeah, he only caught nine balls. Uh, who? Homer. <laughs> Herbert. Oh, Herbert, yeah. Um, he's just... 
his metrics in the passing game are, are poor. Yeah. So running back is one of those areas where you can draft a guy in the later rounds and have him be productive pretty much right away. I mean, the Chiefs are starting a fourth-round rookie in the Super Bowl, so it can certainly be done. Um, anybody, and he played well. Yeah. Anybody in particular that, that you're looking at in that kind yeah, of Yeah, so um, uh, one of them that I like is uh, from a smaller school, but – Izzy Abakanda. Okay. Um, Where is he from? He's from Pitt. Okay. And um, he's uh, he's ranked like four or five in you know your top ten lists, uh, kind of in the middle. Um, good numbers though. Uh, last year, uh, two hundred and fifty-one plays from scrimmage, fifteen seventy-seven. Uh, he, when he was rushing, rushed 239 times for 1,431 yards. Uh, he had 20 rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah, 20. That's a lot. Um, and uh, he rushed at 6.0 per clip. Wow. Uh, so the guy has a lot of talent. Uh, coming from a, a school that I tend to like uh, candidates that come out of there, um, he doesn't have as much experience as, uh, Robinson does, but, um, still five foot 11, 215 pounds. Farrell, that's a good size running back right there. Definitely would be a good compliment to, uh, Herbert. Um, another guy that I liked is, um, uh, Charbonnet, um, yeah. from UCLA. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty good looking now. One of the things that I've seen that um, uh, seen a bit of a knock is that I guess his speed uh, is you know he's a little bit a slower guy. I think he ran a four six five uh, forty, so you know one of the little bit slower guys, but still very very solid. Um, he had sixteen hundred and eighty all purpose yards uh, this last year. He is coming out as a senior. Um, but uh, as a junior, 1,334 all-purpose yards. 13 touchdowns as a junior, 14 touchdowns as a senior. Um, played at both Michigan and UCLA. Uh, I think he's going to be a very solid six foot one, 220 pounds. Yeah. That's a big running back. So I'm looking at Dane Brugler's just prospect ranking. So he has Charbonnet as his number four running back, and he has... Izzy as his number 10. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, they're both they're both in there. They're both guys that could be available to us in those later second-round picks that we have. Charbonnet might be already be gone by that time. And then my, uh, then the other one, the other outlier that I saw uh, was um, Ty J. Spears. Um... Went to Tulane. Bears fans like Tulane, yep. uh, especially at running back. And Tulane was good last year. Tulane was good last year. Five foot ten, one ninety. So he's a little bit smaller than those guys, but still a very good sized player. Uh, last year was his full. He, he's coming out as a junior, uh, but he did play all four years uh, that he was there. He 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 played as a true freshman and then a redshirt. Um, but his last two years were his bigger years, uh, 1,008 yards from scrimmage, 
uh, as a um, as a June as, as a sophomore, and then 1837 this year, full time bell cow, uh, 1837 yards from scrimmage, 21 touchdowns. So uh, you know he's another player that will probably be available later on. So I, I think that's right, and I think that's probably the right way to approach it. Like I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm sad to see David Montgomery go because I always liked him. I thought he was a pro's pro. He, he played hard and he was productive. Ditto. Even, even though he was on a lot of really bad teams. Um, but, you know, you, you'd think that if you look at his actual production and skill set, he's somewhere in the pretty good, uh, slightly above average range. And yeah. I just don't think they wanted to pay for that. So they're going to save some money by drafting a running back. And I think that the players you all listed are are pretty good. But if they don't get any of them, there's there's probably six or seven other running backs in the draft that could replace Montgomery's production pretty easily. Yeah, And that's just why you see running backs get devalued. I mean, unless you're really, really special... Running backs don't get big deals anymore, and David Montgomery shows that. He got, what, $3 million bucks from Detroit? Uh, actually, uh, that was a, one of the things that I found surprising was he actually got a fairly big deal uh, for for being, well, not being a, you know, a, 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 a superstar kind of running back. Um, one of the things, though, that I wanted to bring up is I saw this on Twitter um Montgomery got three years, $18 million. Oh, okay. That's more than I thought. Yeah, it was more than I thought he would get to. And I think, I want to say 12 of it is guaranteed. Okay. Oh, that's um, what I was thinking of. Four or maybe it was 16 was guaranteed. I think it's $4 million a year guaranteed. That's so anyway, but that's a pretty good, uh, uh, that's a pretty hefty amount that he got. Um, it, and interestingly, he got those dollars. Jamal Williams, who had 17 touchdowns for the Lions last year, He's gone. That yeah. he's taking he's he's taking Williams' spot. Uh, but <laughs> um, I think uh, Jim, Williams. I got, think Williams got less money. It looks like from the. Saints. I think this belongs to Max Markham. Um, uh, largest running back contracts on a new team, twenty sixteen to twenty twenty three. Man, this list is something. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is on here. Chris Ivory, Jarek McKinnon, Lamar Miller, Dion Lewis, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, Carlos Hyde. Those are all guys who got pretty big contracts leaving their teams, and this was their this was their new team. And man, what a list of schmucks! <laughs> yeah. uh, not, none of those really really worked out great i don't think mckinnon was that contract with the chiefs or is that yeah uh no that was with san francisco okay so he's not there anymore so. um yeah it's just not and a that big, was four years 30 million dollars yeah it's just not a position that you typically see get big paydays in free agency and i'm a little surprised that the bears weren't willing to at least match that deal from detroit because it's just not that much money but i, I just think that Whatever, if you say four million bucks guaranteed a year, if you can get a guy in the draft that's going to make nine hundred thousand, yep, it's three million dollars you can spend elsewhere. And um, I also got to say, I think part of it too is that Montgomery isn't one of his guys. 
Um, say what you guys, you know, say what you want out there uh, about polls getting rid of guys that aren't his. Pace did the exact same thing. It's just Pace, you know, Pace did it over, and Pace got rid of some of the all-time favorite Bears. He got rid of Briggs. He got rid of Tillman. He got rid of Gold. You know, I mean, so you know, the, you know, comparatively, Montgomery, you know, uh, we liked him as a player, but I mean, really, was he that great? He he wasn't. You know, yeah. Herbert outperformed him many many times. So. Yep. Um, you know, I think I think the smart move is to go to the is to go to the draft and look at one of these uh, one, look at one of these players that's really produced there, and you can bring him in at a super cheap price and put him right up against Herbert and say, let the best man win. And you can find guys too. I mean, Darrington Evans was fine last year. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think they will draft somebody. You have Herbert. You have Travis Homer and. One of those guys gets hurt. You can find guys walking around that can come in and give you four yards per carry. So I, I don't think that they're going to lose any sleep over David Montgomery being gone. Which um, I think Montgomery actually averaged like three point three. Yeah, I don't. I mean, his rushing metrics weren't impressive. No. So I don't think they're going to lose any sleep over it. I you know think it's a, a good move for David Montgomery. The guy did get a good amount of guaranteed money and. Like I said, he's a pro's pro, so I, I hope he does well in Detroit. Just not against the Bears, I guess. Um, but <laughs> you know, Bears fans that he's going to have one game against us. They always do. How do they always have a revenge game? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's going to go. Yeah, that's true. They really, it, it really does seem that way, doesn't it? Um, Chris Conti got a pick six against. I know, the Bears, but, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and David Montgomery's going to the NFC North favorites as of today. So good, good luck to him and. You know, maybe maybe it's just one of those things that'll just who work is, out who well. Who had everyone. the revenge game from twenty twenty two? One of the DBs, right? Um, I'm trying to. Was think. it Kyle Fuller? No. Was it you think that Duke Shelley? Oh, it was Duke Shelley. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, had the, he got a pick, didn't he? I don't. I, I think he had to go out a pick in that last game. Uh, oh, against Boyle. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> that 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 barely counts. <laughs> well, it barely counts. Yeah. Well. Hey. Anyway, um, so uh, that's about it for uh, this week. Um, we uh, we uh, hope you are enjoying the uh, free agency as it's unfolding. Um, you know, now that uh, uh, that first that first day is is done, um, you know these contracts are going to come back uh, down quite a bit, and uh, you know all the talking heads out there are saying that uh, we we. We can expect to see more noise from polls before the draft. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, they, they still have a bunch of money to spend. I think they have guys that they can extend. I don't think the Bears are done making news via, uh, this offseason by any means. So we'll we'll be here for all of it. And we still have the excitement of the draft coming up. So um, it, it, he we have a lot of versatility in the draft. Yep. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I'm off next week, but... Appreciate you tuning in. We're gonna have a well, we're gonna have a guest in. Um, so that uh, tune in for a surprise guest. Yep. All right. All right. Bear down. Bear down.